Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 6th of May. COVID is back in New South Wales. Urgent testing and contact tracing is underway in Sydney to find out exactly how a man aged in his 50s contracted the new infection. It's not known how the man from Sydney's southeast picked up COVID as he hasn't been overseas and doesn't work in hotel quarantine or another high-risk area. A number of exposure sites have been listed as authorities scramble to trace his close contacts. Here is Vice President of the AMA, Dr Chris Moy. There is no uh, source of the infection, so we don't know how many generations this is going back or how long it's been or whether it's potentially even an old infection, I suppose. But really, uh, when it's unknown, there's a significant fog of war which causes an extreme risk and incredible anxiety. No borders have been shut as yet, but other states and territories have already issued new health alerts. We'll have more details from our reporter on the ground in Sydney shortly. Overseas now and Cricket Australia has announced plans to get more than 30 players and staff out of COVID-ravaged India. The Australians will go to either the Maldives or Sri Lanka to wait out the travel ban back to Australia before cricket bosses charter a special flight to get them home. It comes as authorities suspended the IPL indefinitely as the coronavirus crisis continues to worsen in India. Todd Greenberg from the Australian Cricketers Association says the players and staff knew the risks of travelling during a pandemic. They always knew when they came back they would have to do isolation of 14 days to come back into the country. What they didn't expect was the borders to be closed. Um, So that created some anxiety for them, just like it would create anxiety for the 9,000-odd Australians, I think, who are over there looking to come home. Michael Hussey will have to wait it out in isolation in his team's hotel room in Delhi after testing positive to COVID. Meantime, the federal government will front court within days over its controversial travel ban with India. Under the Biosecurity Act, anyone who returns to Australia from the COVID-hit country could face massive fines or even jail time. 73-year-old Melbourne man Gary Newman travelled to India in March last year and has been unable to get home, with his lawyers arguing the ban is unconstitutional. But the Prime Minister is standing firm. This pause is enabling us to get on the right footing to be able to restore uh, those repatriation flights. As a result of the pause, uh, the incidence of those cases at Howard Springs are starting to come down. We've got a bit more distance to travel there. And investigations are continuing after the alleged assault and kidnapping of former cricketing great Stuart McGill in Sydney. Police claim the 50-year-old was forced into a car in Cremorne on Sydney's Lower North Shore last month, where he was attacked and threatened with a weapon before his eventual release. Here is Detective Acting Superintendent Anthony Holton. They're a criminal gang. Uh, That's um, intent was uh, to target a kidnapping of him. Uh, with a motive to obtain as much money as they possibly could. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. And we start in New South Wales, and as we reported earlier, health authorities are baffled by the source of a new case of community transmission of COVID in Sydney. Genome sequencing is now underway with a number of health alerts issued for venues across Sydney. Our reporter, Siobhan Caulfield, has more. 
That's right, Tash. Health authorities say the man recently visited a number of locations while infectious. They include event cinemas and a meat store at Bondi Junction, three barbecue stores across Sydney and a Woolworths and Chemist warehouse at Double Bay. The full list is up on the New South Wales Health website. People who were there at the same time are being urged to self-isolate and get tested. There's also concerns traces of the virus have been found in the Marrickville sewage network, which covers around 42,000 Sydney siders. Premier Gladys Berejiklian has described the new infection as a wake-up call. I mean, I still try and do the elbow tap, but I've noticed around New South Wales, people are shaking hands and kissing in public. We just need to be aware that the virus is still around. Whilst we're in a pandemic, we still have to maintain that level of caution. And I just hope that everybody takes this as a wake-up call. To WA and authorities have revealed the case of COVID that caused concern for the state over the weekend was historic. It comes as restrictions are set to ease with no new COVID cases from a separate cluster linked to a Perth hotel. Here's our reporter Adam Hemmings with the details from Perth. Hi Tash, our run of no new infections is a good sign. The WA government is set to announce today if the cap on crowds and the mandatory rule for face masks in Perth and Pill can be scaled back. Restrictions have been in place now for nearly two weeks. While inquiries are continuing into how a hotel quarantine security guard contracted COVID-19, he's at the centre of the cluster you mentioned a moment ago, it's believed he may have caught the virus after handling the bags of an infected traveller at the Pan. Pacific Hotel. And to Victoria, it's been revealed the state government has just written off more than $740 million worth of unpaid fines. The majority of the penalties were for speeding. As James Lake reports from Melbourne, under government rules, unpaid fines are being written off after five years. That's right, Tash. Five years is all they're willing to wait for those fines to be paid. And after that, the penalties go into the too hard basket and being written off. Most of the fines being left unpaid are also being blamed on the rollout of a new warrant system, which is also $78 million over budget. A review has found only part of that software to manage fines has been working over the past two years, making it easier for government officials to write off more than $740 million in outstanding penalties than to try and chase them up. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Peter Switzer from the switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. There have been so many negatives with the COVID crisis, but there could be one financial silver lining for the federal government's welfare bill. That's right. Finance Minister Simon Birmingham has told the Australian that the nation's $32 billion COVID-19 welfare bill will be more than halved over the next four years as job seeker recipient numbers returned to pre-pandemic levels thanks to the big jobs rebound. But he has warned the government will not jeopardise the economic recovery with a rush to reopen international borders amid global outbreaks and uncertainty about the speed of the vaccine rollout and its effectiveness. Some extraordinary financial results uh, from Westpac uh, earlier this week. A 256% rebound in profits. Extraordinary. But the bank is again in trouble with the regulator. It sure is. Last year, Westpac had to pay $1.3 billion in fines from Austrac for not monitoring money laundering properly. And now ASIC alleges the bank was complicit with insider trading and unconscionable conduct involving two big clients, Australian Super and IFM, when the two groups bought a controlling interest in electricity supplier Osgrid. This could get really ugly and costly for the bank. 
Certainly will. The big sell-off of tech stocks on Wall Street has been reversed overnight. But why, Peter? Well, yesterday, tech stocks like Apple, Tesla and so on were sold off heavily after US Treasury boss Janet Yellen said interest rates might have to rise. Clearly, someone gave her a stern talking to as she quickly went public saying she was misinterpreted and rates didn't have to rise anytime soon. That's presidential butt-kicking in action. Hate being misinterpreted, don't we? (laughs) We sure do. Peter, happy Thursday. Thank you. Time for sport now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, while our Aussie cricketers are stranded in India, it's certainly a different story for England's cricket stars. Yes, good morning, Tash. It's been revealed that England got its cricketers home in less than 24 hours after the IPL was suspended. Of course, our cricketers are in India at the moment. They're figuring out a way to get home. It's going to take a while. India's cricket board is stepping in. There's a chance that the 38 Aussie players, coaches and officials will move to either the Maldives where uh, Slater, Michael Slater is at the moment or potentially Sri Lanka. They would then have to wait for the Australian border to reopen. They'll be tested three times and have to return three negative tests before they move uh, moved on to a neutral country or neutral uh, place like the Maldives. Todd Greenberg is from the Australian Cricketers Association and he says that they all knew the risks of travelling in a pandemic. They always knew when they came back they would have to do isolation of 14 days to come back into the country. What they didn't expect was the borders to be closed. Um, So that created some anxiety for them, just like it would create anxiety for the 9,000-odd Australians, I think, who are over there looking to come home. So seeing the way other countries have treated their cricketers cricketers coming home, uh, not great for our cricketers looking at the way England uh, managed to get home within 24 hours. Yeah, not a good look considering how many people are still dying and suffering terribly from COVID in India with the locals. Also on the sporting front with the AFL, the fixture could be changed due to that new concern over the COVID uh, case in Sydney, Brett. Yeah, that's right. The Swans and Giants squads have both been sent for COVID tests after that uh, positive test in Sydney. Uh, That infected man has been active in the community for days, including a cafe that's popular with Swans players and the eastern suburbs where several Giants players live. They're bracing for round eight games to be changed. Now, Sydney is due to travel south to face the Demons in Melbourne this weekend. They could fly earlier than that. Uh, GWS are drawn to host the Bombers in Sydney. On another issue, AFL great Wayne Carey is calling on Collingwood to either re-sign Nathan Buckley now or move him on. My view on it is why don't they just sign him now? They're not going to find anything more about Nathan Buckley. They know who he is. They know how he coaches. He's not going to be a better coach in 10 weeks. So either re-sign him now or put him out of his misery. The weekly speculation about Bucks continues. Yeah, we don't stop talking about Mr Buckley, do we? Now to the NRL and Round 9 kicks off tonight between two teams who open the season. Yes, South Sydney and the Storm, as you said, they uh, played in round one of the season and that was the Storm getting up by eight points. We'll see how South Sydney does at home tonight. We've got a potential battle of the origin hookers. Damien Cook from uh, the Rabbitohs could be playing for New South Wales in a month and Storm's Harry Grant could be uh, pulling on the Maroon shirt, the number nine. Rabbitohs coach Wayne Bennett believes that Cook is still the best dummy half in the NRL. Yeah, I do. Um, He's earned that. But, you know, he's got people like Howie right behind him. But Harry will get there in time. A genuine blockbuster to kick off round nine tonight. Who's your tip for tonight? I'll go the Rabbitohs. Just. <laughs> Snap. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Tash. 
And Facebook has upheld its earlier decision to ban former US President Donald Trump from the social media platform. The company's independent oversight board extended the suspension overnight, saying Mr Trump's post during the Capitol riots earlier this year severely violated Facebook's rules and encouraged and legitimised violence. Facebook says it will review the ban over the next six months, deciding if the former US president will ever be allowed to post again. In a statement, Mr Trump said what Facebook, Twitter and Google have done is a total disgrace and an embarrassment to our country, saying free speech has been taken away. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch our latest episode and be across all the breaking news and hot topics as they happen in our brand new talk show, Australia Today with Steve Price, by heading to listener.com or downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.